Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Kevin Malden with me. Kevin started making money online in the year 2000. You will hear about the wide range of sites he has built over the years and marketed. Kevin continues to build websites today and forums. He also makes money through blogging for others. Welcome. Thanks, George. Thanks for the introduction. It's good to be here. Thank you for being here, Kevin. No, my pleasure. Uh, can you talk about your first website back in the year 2000? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it was not something that I had really planned. Um, I, I mean, I, I first got introduced to the Internet in 1996. I, was at, I, I went to university when I was 17. And we actually, the Internet was so real then that there was actually a class that everyone had to do called the Internet and everything. And there was actually people there struggling to even set up an email. You know, it was so new to everyone. Um, but I remember buying, I spent all my student loan on a computer. So over three or four years, I did get quite good with Windows and things like, you know, I was qu- quite savvy with computing. But um, it was actually with me and my friend, Eddie, uh, in 2000. And we, we, know, we read a few stories that people were making money through buying domain names and selling them. So we, bought, we both bought a couple of names each. And I bought can'tgetsleep.com. And I believe the other one's pre- presents for them, but it was just a it was a strange in my head. I thought it was the best domain name domain name ever, but clearly it wasn't because we couldn't sell it. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's funny how I've actually spoken to a few friends and they they kind of started a website in the same way. Um, but um, it's actually it, because of that. What I tried to do is I learned how to make basic websites and um, pre- pre- presents for them. Um, it was a shopping directory, and I was constantly, it was just really a list of links to shopping sites within the UK, and I, I built a notepad. I didn't, um, I just learned on from, from HTML from tutorials online, and mm-hmm. I, I learned on notepad, but th- th- I mean, this was before server side scriptings where you would like pull the header file and pull the, and you know, I hadn't learned that yet, and it wasn't really that mm-hmm. common. Um, so how did you make money with that first site then? Uh, was it through affiliate? Uh... Yeah, yeah, it was actually through, um, you know, there was, there was websites like Trade Doubler and Affiliate Window in the UK and then the USA there was a Commission Junction, which is obviously, obviously still there. Um, but I, I, was work, I was working in um, pensions actually. That's, again, it was nothing to do with my degree, but I kind of fell into a job in pensions. And I remember one day I was checking my stats and, I, I, you know, I was only getting a few dollars here or there. And then it was one day I got something like $1,300 commission because someone had bought a watch. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, from there, I kind of started to become addicted to it. Um, I think that commission actually got rejected eventually because someone said mm-hmm. it was fraud. You know, um, but does I, it happen a lot with affiliates when you when you are making money as an affiliate marketer? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's unfortunately there's a lot of problems, um, especially back then. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a bit, a bit like the Wild West. Um, you know, I, I actually, I mean, I made a lot of mistakes. I'm, I'm the first to say that I made a lot of mistakes. But I think it's so. What was what was a mistake you made very early on? Let's say close to the year 2000, the first couple well, of years. Actually, the directory. Well, the first the first year, I mean, I, the first few incarnations of the website were awful. Just very basic. HTML pages, but you know it was the best way to learn. I did learn a lot by mistakes. 
And but everything looked awful in 2000, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was ugly. I mean, if you look at sites, I can't believe we had websites back then, but that was the norm, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was, it wasn't, um, it was probably more common to read websites that were still on like geo sites, you know, and you know, hosted on like Yahoo and Microsoft. Um, but um, one of the biggest mistakes I actually made was with Commission Junction. So I started making money and I, I paid for a, an affiliate website. Um, now, I, I didn't actually, I wasn't actually selling any products. This was just a, a directory. But I thought, right, I need to make more money. I need to learn more. And I paid to, to have presents for them had a, a, an affiliate program with Commission Junction. Now, this was like, I think it cost me like £2,000. You know, it was something like I had to pay so much of a fee and then you had to pay so much of a deposit. But someone just, you know, this was before click fraud was really prevented. And someone just went through and just clicked through hundreds of times. You know, and you think I'd worked it out beforehand if, if my traffic increased by a certain amount, my affiliate commissions would increase by a certain amount. This was obviously in the assumption that all the traffic would be targeted. But that's obviously not what happened. You know, people... You know, as you know, as you know, with Google AdSense um, and other kind of advertising networks, if you click your own ads, you'll get banned. But back, yeah. there wasn't really anything kind of set up. Well, not not with Commission Junction anyway. So a few a few affiliates that I had approved, um, pro- probably I, sh- I didn't um, vet them well mm-hmm. enough, but they just went through and clicked through, it and they just spent hundreds of pounds, and I had to pay them. And Commission Junction refused to even investigate it on my behalf if it was a script doing it or that. But that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you make a lot of mistakes. Um, I think I had a lot of enthusiasm at the start. A lot so of why didn't you quit? I mean, most people quit. You know, they have a few setbacks or failures and make mistakes, and they're like, you know what, this is just too difficult. So what kept you going? Um, I, I just, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know why. Even though you were like making mistakes and, you know, I mean, you know, you mentioned that uh, you you got that $1,500 commission and then it was reversed or whatever. I mean, that's a big slap in the face, you know? Yeah, it was. um, I mean, I'll I'll be completely truthful. In the first couple of years, I did make a lot of money through commissions and things, but I didn't understand how I made them. You know, I didn't, I didn't yeah. understand. So um, it was I, almost like uh, when you were early, back then there was not that much competition. SEO wasn't what it is today. You could get stuff so ranked easily. It, I mean, this, this was back in the days when, you know, Google was still in its infancy and, you know, it was, we still had like light costs and that, but this was back in the day where people could, um, you know, I could create a, a, a website for a, like a shopping directory or any kind of website and I could put Disney in the title and then it would start ranking for Disney. You know, mm-hmm. there was still a lot of... Yep. Yeah, I remember those days. Those were beautiful days. <laughs> and and um, you didn't actually, like, see, today I could build a website in, like, half an hour and then just put one link on my website and it would be spidered, it would be indexed within a day or a couple of hours. But back then you had to actually manually submit um, your pages to the search engines. That's how most of them operated. You had to manually submit your website and say, please accept me, my website, mm-hmm. into your search engine. Um, yeah. yeah, so a, a lot of things have changed. So let's talk about uh, between 2001 and 2003, you built and sold hundreds of websites. How did you get started with that? Um, I think I was just bursting with a lot of ideas. Um, I used to hang out on a lot of different webmaster discussion forums. Um, one of them was SitePoint, which is still around. 
Uh, and you'd see you'd see lots of different ideas from other people. You go, oh, I could do that. You know, this guy's got a hosting directory, or this guy's got this, and it'd start giving you different ideas on what you could build. Um, so I kind of I hung out on that forum. I also hung out on DN forum, which was a domain name forum. And there was, you know, I didn't really have a lot of success at it. To be honest, I had a little bit of success. Um, I remember one time I was working in Edinburgh and. I think it was, in the, I got on early to work at eight o'clock and I registered a couple of hosting domains, you know, just for like $8. And by lunchtime, I had sold them for like $400, $500 to someone. And it was just mm-hmm. crazy. You know, I'd made like two or three times my, my pay for that day um, just doing that. But I mean, I think that was that was um, lucky more than anything else. You know, I didn't really have a huge amount of success. What, what I tend to do is I found good domains. I would register them. But then... I would actually build websites from around so that I could actually sell them on. Because most domain names don't have value unless someone places a value on it. Yeah. How so many websites, how many domains do you own today? Um, you know what, I could actually check that for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> not many. I, I imagine it's less than 40 or less than 30. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. uh, you don't really register domains anymore by... I mean... Uh, you know, I, I know people that have thousands of domains or hundreds yeah, of domains. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, I didn't, I've never really had the patience either. People were willing to, you know, just sit with a domain for years. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, during that time, you could be paying hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars in registration mm-hmm. fees. Um, so back then, how did you get like, clients during that uh, 2001, 2003 period when you were building sites? And how, how did you get uh, clients back then? Um, well, I didn't really have many clients as far as, and I didn't really build websites for clients as such. What I would do is just build websites with a domain name. And then what I would go to is um, go to a, a discussion forum like SitePoint. There was probably like 15 forums or so I had a list of them that had marketplaces. And I've just okay. listed them for sale there. And okay. You know, you wouldn't make a, a lot, but I mean, some Saturdays, if I work on Monday to Friday on a Saturday, I could build two or three kind of small websites, directories. And then you could sell them for a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars each, and I did actually. I probably made more money in the first few years doing that than I did with affiliation. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Just to check, I've got thirty-five domains. Oh, that's not that's nothing. No. You know. Most uh, websites I've got a few kind of three dollar, uh, three character infos that I've kept around as well. But yeah, most of them are. Yeah, I think I have about that many. You know, but I, there was a time when I had probably close to a hundred. Uh, it's kind of an addiction with a lot of people. You see something, you think of an idea, you register a domain, and then nothing. You don't do anything with it. You know. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, I mean, the thing is, the the whole process of finding a, a good domain just gets harder and harder. I mean, they bring out all these other extensions, but I still think com is best. And yeah. When you find a good one, you want to get it just in case someone else does. Even yeah. last year, I launched a forum and I, and I, uh, I registered forum with the M, forums with the S. I always try and do that. And also registered a few different variations of it just in case I wanted to change the brand later. Yeah, and if it's a really good domain, I like also to get the .net and .org. Those, I mean, I, if I have a really a domain that I think is going to be valuable, I want those three for some reason. But I don't care about the other extensions. There's too many to care about, isn't there? There's... It's um, it's ridiculous the amount of extensions that are launched. I mean, I think it's they need to do it obviously because it's difficult for people to find good domains. But it's so uh, 
So you you have uh, you have had many websites during the early 2000s, but you wrote on your website that you wish that you had focused on one website instead of spreading your time and energy over so many websites. Can you explain why you think that way? Yeah, I mean, I think in, in general, um, this has obviously been a problem of mine for years, almost like you talked about an addiction. This has been my addiction is um, just your attention gets... You know, it's hard to kind of, you lose interest in a website sometimes. If, it's just like losing interest in a job or anything. You know, you're doing it day in, day out, and then you come up with this new idea, and you go, right, I'll do this. And then you work on that website, and then you go, oh, I could do it this, and you could do this. But I think if you focus all your energy in one website, and then it's, it always works out better in the long run, because then you can automate it. Once it's making money, you can hire people to maintain it. But when you try to divide your attention between four or five or even ten different things, you're you end up you don't you don't actually give it enough the attention in the, that it deserves, um, and I, I definitely made that mistake. I mean, in two thousand one, two thousand two, I started lots of forums, I started lots of little directories, little small websites, and they only made a little bit of money each. Whereas if I just focused all my attention on one website, wrote five articles a week, you know, just focus one hundred percent on that. It's, it, it, you might see results a bit slower, but then once once it's actually established, you know that that could be providing income even today. Um, you, I, th- I think this is something that a lot of web webmasters do. Mm-hmm. You know, they, mm-hmm. they can spread they, they spread their attention over too many projects. I think it's a lot of entrepreneurs uh, struggle with that. I think uh, we really enjoy starting things, but then once it's kind of off the ground, we're looking elsewhere and. You know, it, there's just a different thrill with with starting a business or starting a website than than just growing something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've kind of learned not to do that as much now. But if I take sell all my websites, I've got like twenty different ideas I could focus on. But it's, I know that I can't start them just now because I don't have the time or the energy to to vote them. Yeah, plus it's all, it also takes a lot more to make a website successful in 2014 than it was in 2002, right? Um, yes and no. I mean, I think the difference obviously now is today is I've got more experience. So I know what works and I know what doesn't, but it depends what you want to do with your time as well. I think once you get older and you've, done certain, you've worked in um, a certain line of work, it becomes less about the money, I would say. Well, for me anyway. You know, I know, for example, I could sit and build directories and over time I could get lots of traffic. I could charge businesses to pay to be listed in the directory. But, you know, working on a directory all day is mind-numbly boring, you know. And if you're going to be doing something like that, it would make me think, why don't I just return to a 95 job rather than do something like this? Because for me, anyway, it became more about enjoying the job rather than just having to make money. Because there's a lot mm. of boring ways to make money, but yeah. that's not what I want to do with my life, you know. Yeah, you you also mentioned that you were constantly making mistakes around the same time. What were some of those mistakes? I mean, one was to not to have focus, but can you talk about some of the other mistakes that you made that our audience can learn from? Um, I suppose. Well, I mean, when I was referring to the the, the shopping directory. A lot of the mistakes I was making were design mistakes or HTML mistakes. Um, but learning through those mistakes, you know, it's the best way to learn through those mistakes. 
there's still a lot of website owners that don't know um, the basics, what I would call the basics or the essentials. Um, you know, and, and a lot of them are making more money than me and perhaps are more respected than me as far as having knowledge of marketing. But then if you to say to them, set up a website and then configure the hosting, or if you to say, set up the domain name to do this, if you to say, set up the website and do this, then they go, oh, I normally ha- hire someone to do that. Um, but I think it's important to not offload everything onto someone else. You know, like, for example, I was reading... I was reading a book a few years ago and he said if you need to do if you need to use a little HTML on your website, you can get someone to do it for only twenty dollars. And I was thinking, you know, it takes two seconds to, to do a little HTML on your website. Why are you hiring people to do this? You know? Um But you le- you learn a lot. From the coding side coding side of things, I learned a lot, but also through starting the wrong websites. Um for example, I started a lot of discussion forums, but if you're starting a discussion forum, you really should devote most of your attention to it to get it going. Or ideally, you have a big budget or you have a high content, um, high traffic content website that you can push traffic towards the forum. Whereas if you start a forum from scratch, you can actually make it very successful, but you need to devote a lot of time to it. Um, it's, it's kind of hard looking back now what the mistakes were, but I just remember a lot of websites I started didn't work. Mm-hmm. That was that was kind of another reason why I would sell them on. Mm-hmm. Like, this didn't work, but someone else could could do something with it. Okay, so in uh, two thousand four, from two thousand four through two thousand seven, you launched a lot of gambling sites. Uh, what was your most successful website in this area? Um, definitely, I, I had a discussion forum called uh, Texas Hold'em Forums. Um, and I started that, well, going back a little bit, I think it was about 2000, I can't remember the exact year, but there, was, there used to be a, a TV program in the UK called Late Night Poker. And it was show about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock at night. And I'd never, I mean, I'd seen poker in movies, I'd seen the film Rounders, but I'd never played poker. But this this was actually the first TV show in the world that would show you the, um, the cameras underneath the cards. Apparently before that, they never showed them. Like the, I don't know if they call it the IHO or I can't remember what the name of it is. Um, so I started getting into poker and playing poker. So I started a little information website about it and then I started the discussion forum about it. Now, I was kind of lucky that I was in a position that I could start a website on the subject of poker. But in the UK, at least, poker just exploded over the course of a year or two. Um, and the commissions were obviously very, very high. So um, these were affiliate sites. You were making money through affiliate marketing. Yeah, yeah. For example, I had another website. Try to remember the name. It was, I think it was called TexasHold'emTactics.com, and I showed people the basics of poker, and then I showed them strategies. You know, and I would show the little cards to show them examples of hands. And I mean, I'd I'd learned through playing poker with friends, playing poker online, and reading a lot of books. So it was really just kind of rewording my, the knowledge that I'd learned, you know, just kind of put in more words how you would do this. And and on the website, there was links to poker websites and they would get, a, most of the time there was a deposit bonus, you know, like £75 or $75 if you deposit $100 and all that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I did that with a few, I wasn't, I mean, I'm not a big gambler, even though I love poker, I've never really been a big gambler myself. I've played roulette with friends, but 
you know, it's not something like, um, you know, if I put £20 down and I lose, that's me. I'm in a bad mood. I won't gamble anymore. But um, I started a few gambling websites as well. Now, for example, one of the, the most successful ones, I don't know, I might have actually uh, wrote about this in my about page, but there was one where um, it was just a mirror. You could They offered you a mirror. I, I don't know if you, your listeners would understand what that is, but so essentially when they would give you a complete website, Mm-hmm. Um, so for example the gambling website would give you a complete duplicate of their website except what you do is you put in your affiliate code in so I must have spent about 30 minutes and then I just downloaded the, the mirror, I uploaded it to the domain names that I registered and that's it I didn't link to them, I didn't you know, try and do any SEO on them and then months later I checked it and I had made several thousand dollars Oh wow! Insane because I, I I literally spent about two hours of, and then very most you know tweaking things. So it's basically a, a mirror, a duplicate of of yeah, uh, of uh, another site. Yeah, I mean the the um, the gambling websites obviously didn't care about that. I mean this was before Google really started hitting websites with duplicate content issues. Mm-hmm. So back then you would have a lot of websites that would duplicate the content over different ways, over different domains, and then use those as gateways. Mm-hmm. You know, um, send traffic to the websites. Um, and you mentioned uh, on your on your site that you were making about a hundred thousand dollars for a year or two with just a few hours of work a week, but you still have some regrets about that time. What are those regrets? Um, I guess. Well, I, I don't know if I would call them regrets. Um, um, but in two thousand and three. Um, I packed in my job. I was working in Edinburgh at the time for a year and I went travelling with my friends. So I continued to do the internet things. I mean, at this, at this point, I had really just been part-time through internet um, work. And then when I came back, I did a little contract work in the finance area. Um, but I was working more on my websites and I started making enough money from the, all my websites that I could go full-time. Now, going back to what I said earlier about I got successful and I didn't know how. I mean, I did kind of know how I became successful. I had a plan to make money through the discussion, uh, the poker discussion forum. And I did know how I generated the money, but I was, I wasn't, I was guess I, I never really had the right idea on, you know, I was 20, at that age I was 24, 25. I went traveling the next year for a couple of months, the next year again to Asia, I saw 10 countries and I spent a lot of time traveling and just enjoying myself. And I got mm-hmm. to the point where through the discussion forum, um, you know, I could just check in an hour or two a day or even do a couple of hours a week, um, a couple of hours of work a week, writing some articles, tutorials, and then just like set. What I would do is set up some tournaments and I would, for the poker company, I would get commissions from people joining up and I would get a little bit lazy for it because, you know, I was clearing four or five grand a month um, and I was doing it with very little effort. You know, I know mm-hmm. at that age you're not really thinking long term. Oh, I could, you know, I could set myself up here for life or whatever. Um, and I really should have kept kept my business mind on. But I kind of got lazy, I suppose, would be the best way, and I just enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it's hard for me to look back and go, that was a bad decision because you know I'm not exactly motivated by money per se. Um, yeah. Enjoyed it and coming. I mean, a lot of my friends were in dead end jobs at that age when I was traveling around the world enjoying myself. 
Yeah, and a lot of people are, you know, like you said, you know, you, you're in business to support your lifestyle. And for some people, that's great, and it, it works for you. And then other people... You know, the business is their life, but that's not just, you don't have, there's not just one way to succeed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it depends what you put value on. Um, but, I mean, there was, when it first kind of kicked off, there was a few months with PokerStars where two or three months where my commissions from PokerStars alone were over $20,000 a month. Um, but then that kind of, those commissions died down, but I was still making several thousand dollars a month, most months. But even when it died down, the, those commissions were like that for five or six years. And looking back, if I had, I'd actually would have been better for me as far as becoming a more experienced internet marketer if I didn't make that much money because mm -hmm. I would have had more of an incentive to do something else. Yeah. I think it happened to a lot of people in the early, early days of the internet that a lot of people made a lot of money yeah. even though they didn't really know what the heck they were doing. It's just... You know, like we talked about, there were SEO was you could rank just putting a couple of keywords here and there. You didn't have to do all the work that you have to put in today to to get traffic to a site. So you could succeed uh, despite the, your inexperience and your lack of knowledge, or you, you knew a very little and you could just uh, multiply it by a hundred, put up a hundred of the same sites, and you know make more money that way too. So, uh, in in your business. Um, in a poker industry came to an end after the 2010 ban on poker in the USA. So how did you, what kind of impact did it have on you and how did you start making money after that? Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm quite glad. I, I kind of got bored with poker as well. Um, during, one of the reasons I loved running the poker forum was, was because I played two or three or three or four times a week a local pub, we played poker. I'd go to the casino and play poker with friends. I'd play online. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I, I played it all the time. But I kind of sickened myself with it. And when I got sick of playing poker, I got sick of writing about it. I got sick of reading about it. So I kind of lost interest in one forum. So um, I actually sold the forum. I can't remember which year it was. But I sold it 2008 or 2009. And my commissions had been coming down and down because of kind of what was happening in America. And, but luckily, I sold the website, and the, the, the person who, who bought the forum, he didn't want the commission accounts. What he wanted was just the forum. And he said, no, you keep the commission accounts, but I'll take $10,000 off the price. And I sold them at that. And then over the next few years, I made another thirty dollars or $40,000 those, with those accounts. <laughs> That's it nice. It's crazy. That he, and then he bought the forum, and then he removed all banner advertising, and then eventually closed it down because he didn't have time to maintain it, which was insane. But, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of, by the time that the poker thing, the commissions finally died, um, I was already making money through blogging, so it wasn't really, it didn't really hit me financially. In a way that would have, I mean, if I if I was still relying on that income, I would have mm -hmm. struggled. But, yeah. Um, so you you started bloggingtips.com in 2007. Yeah. What were your goals with the site when you started it? You know, um, I didn't really think long term. I'm not at the time. I wasn't really thinking years down the line. Well, perhaps a year down the line, but not like I'm going to be having this website in 10 years' time. Um, in many ways, I had been blogging for years, 
because through the discussion forums and through the content websites that I had, I would write a lot of articles, long articles, long tutorials. Um, you know, in the, in the poker discussion forum, I had over 10,000 posts, and some of those posts were thousands and thousands and thousands of words long, you know, long guides. Um, so if you look at blogging as I, I'm writing content every day for others to read, then I, I kind of already was blogging. So, yeah, you just weren't calling it blogging, but yeah, you did exactly what bloggers should be doing, right? Creating a lot of content. Yeah, I mean, the, the main thing that I did was, I mean, if you go back even further back to 2001, I had a, a football forum. And um, I, uh, I think I grew it to about 20,000 or 25,000, 30,000 uh, members in less than a year. Um, and I used, I think it was PHP Nook or Post Nook, which was a content management system. Um, it was just use blogs. It was kind of, it was very similar to blogging. You know, it's, all content management systems are very similar in a way. You're just publishing content and then you're using the database and then you're publishing on the website in chron chronological order. But the blogging platform really simplified things. Um, and it was in 2006 that I started playing around with blogging platforms. And one of the reasons was 2006, me and my friends went to um, Australia and New Zealand. We traveled for traveled for around a year and this was before Facebook etc so I set up a blog for my friends where we could update pictures and tell them stories when we were away um, and then I started at the same time I started using blogging platforms such as Serendipity and WordPress and I would start using them to build small content websites because it was much easier to do that than you know just using PHP from scratch and pulling setting everything up yourself which is what I had to do before. Um, In and I also read that in three years you had over 2,500 articles published. Uh, you you wrote? Uh, did you write most of it, or because you also say that you had like a dozen other bloggers that helped I as think well? I, had, I think I had between probably close to a thousand of those articles were mine, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, and those other bloggers, did you pay them, or or how yeah, how did I paid them? I think I don't think it was much. I mean, I think it was like fifteen or twenty dollars for. Um, like a 500 word article mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but at the time there was actually people paying a lot less um, yeah. and especially the large I mean, the large blogs paid a lot less um, so, so then why did you decide to sell to uh, Zach Johnson Zach, I actually interviewed Zach uh, fairly recently here on Success Harbor what was the reason uh, you decided to sell? Um, there was a lot of reasons but Essentially, I'm not going to say I was bored with the website, but I, I did. I was starting to feel that I'd taken it as far as I could. And what I really should have did was can it hire someone to to maintain it on a daily basis, like an editor, and then I could have worked on um, a, a new project myself. But I saw that you know there was there was a there was an opportunity for me to to make a lot of money and then use that money to invest in my next project, so I decided to just sell it. Whether that was a good idea to sell or not at the time, I'm not sure. But um, if, if, I think the decision was right at the time. I was getting a little bit bored. I mean, it had been three years and I'd been writing about blogging every single day, and mm -hmm. it, it got to the point where I was struggling to even think of new ideas and new topics because I'd written about everything. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to to talk about, go through and just regurgitate um, the same the same 
content, the same stories, and the same tutorials every single day. Mm-hmm. So I did get a little bit bored of it. How much money was the site making when, when you sold it? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was probably between $1,500 and $2,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was making it pretty pretty easily. You know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't a huge amount of work. And that was through affiliate uh, programs or consulting, or what, how did you monetize it? Yeah, well, um, see, blog, blogging tips as well. I mean, that was my first main blogging website. I had created a few small blogs um, before that, but blogging, blogging tips was the website that I really learned to become a competent blogger. Um, and I, I always kind of thought that I would make most of the money through banner ads or through selling products. But I think most of the income at the time was generated through affiliate commissions and specifically reviews. I found that to be, for me, the most profitable way to make money from a blog. Um, and and those reviews, did did they find you or did you have to go after them actively and and, uh, find these uh, paid review opportunities? No, well, they weren't paid reviews. They were, um, for example, if there was a big, there was a a blogging course or there was a, a... a WordPress plugin that costs $70, I would contact them and say, would you like me to review your product for free? Um, and then I would start, I would review the product and I would use my my affiliate link. And then it was kind of hit and missed. I mean, and it, it still is. If, you do, if you've got a blog and you do a lot of reviews that use the affiliate link, you think, oh, this product will, will get a lot of clicks and will generate a lot of commissions. But sometimes they don't. And the ones you don't think of do. Um, for example, there was there was a couple of years ago with my next blog. It was a um, a WordPress blog, and I wrote a review of a, a photo plugin, a photography plugin for WordPress, and it was just a small review. But for whatever reason, I got it got ranked highly in the search engines, and you know, for like an hour of my time, I generated over a thousand dollars over time. But then there's other ones where I've, I've put in the same work or I've spent more time writing the review, you know, and I've, I've only generated $5, which is never paid because it didn't meet the, the payment threshold. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I have to have a lottery in that respect. But it's all good. If you look at it from a point of view that it's more content in your website, which generates more traffic, then it's all good. You know, at the end of the day, I wasn't writing reviews specifically for the affiliate commissions. I was, I, I kept thinking, this will be a good review. I'll, I'll write it and try to focus on the reader, and then it's a bonus if it does make money. So, so the next site was WP Mods, uh, a WordPress blog. Uh, how did you how did you decide on uh, on on starting this this blog, and and how were you driving traffic to the site? Um, I'm not. I've never been a big on SEO as far as um contacting people and asking them, can you link here, can you do this, or or paying companies to do that. Um, so it was really just focusing on writing good tutorials and writing good content. When I, when I, Before I launched WP Mods, I think it was, I launched it in March, and I sold blogging tips. I listed it in December. I sold it to Zach in January, and I had about another month or two before I launched. And I just spent those two months just writing lots of articles, doing lots of research. And that's I just I just continued to focus on that. I did a lot of long tutorials. I did a lot of theme reviews, a lot of plugin reviews. Um, what was the most I, effective content that you wrote that got the most traffic? 
Um, it was definitely theme reviews and plugin reviews, you know, like plugin lists, and theme lists, mm-hmm. okay. um, which was quite frustrating sometimes from a because they're, they're very boring to write, but they do generate traffic because the people are searching for themes. If someone's going to search for a theme, just like a domain name or, or a plugin, it, it's a real pain. You could spend a full day looking for a theme for your website and not find the one you want. But if someone's collected 50 or 100 themes into one list, you can quickly browse through them and go, oh, right, that one will do. And it saves them a lot of time. So there's a lot of people searching for that. And I would I would write long opinion pieces where I would do lots of research. <laughs> I would interview people. I would you know, put a lot of heart and energy into like, opinion pieces, which I thought would, would be interesting. But then you'd get two or three comments, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's just the way it works. So, I mean, I can, over time, I would, I would spend less time writing opinion pieces and I would just kind of do the boring. The boring and and so how did, uh, how did you get traffic? Because, I mean, a lot of people write content and, and a lot of people write pretty good content, not everybody, but, but then they don't get any traffic. So what were you doing to promote your blog? Um, I wasn't really doing anything. I, I know that sounds silly, but I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I would. I mean, I would link to other WordPress blogs sometimes, um, so people were aware of it. Um, but I wasn't um, really going out my way to promote the, the the blog in any way. But I was quite lucky that the content that I was writing was getting indexed by Google, and it was coming up in search search results a lot. I remember um, I'm friends with uh, another Scottish person from um, the north of Scotland uh, called Sam Sinton. He runs a blog called WP Squared. And I remember when I first uh, met him and he said, every time I search for something at WordPress, he's like, your blog is up there at the top of the list. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not a big SEO guy. I couldn't tell you why these articles were at the top of the list, but I was just focusing on writing good articles. Uh, so just you just wrote articles, very detailed articles, reviews and tutorials, and that's all. You didn't you didn't uh, do guest blogging. You didn't do commenting on other people's blog, networking, anything like that. I did. Yeah, I mean, I did do some of those things. I mean, I did. I already had some good contacts, obviously, because um, I was. I mean, I'd run a blog for a few years. I would do com- commenting sometimes, but really, in the long term, commenting all the time on other people's websites is a waste of time. You should really be adding good points and good content on your own website first. Um, and sometimes, I, there were some things where I would get backlinks, and I, I, I didn't specifically go out to, to get those backlinks. And a good, a good example of that is, you know, you've got a lot of plugin developers, and, and they find it really difficult to promote the plugin or promote their theme. So if I found it though and I used it and I tested it, I would I would go I would write the review and I'd say like listen this is you may not have heard this but this is a great little plugin or this is a great theme I recommend giving it a shout trying it out and you'll be surprised you'll re- really like it. But no one else was really doing that. So every so often when I was browsing like Code Canyon or WordPress, I would see that people would link to my reviews of their products because not many people were reviewing their products. So kind of by not focusing on SEO and just focusing on writing good good content, the the reviews I got a lot of like backlinks back to my website, um, and I didn't have to ask anyone for it. It was it just kind of happened naturally. I, so, I, I probably could have done a lot more. Mm-hmm. I, definitely, I mean, if I'd worked with a partner who did the SEO side of things, 
but um, I've never really enjoyed contacting people and said, can you link to me, please? Although mm-hmm. that's what I yeah. said, that's what most SEO guys do now because Google's kind of closed down all the other avenues. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of, I'm not going to say I was lucky, but um, I think, I do, I do believe that if you focus on good content, um, eventually, perhaps not immediately, but once you get a readership, you know, they'll subscribe to your blog, they'll subscribe to Facebook or Twitter, and, and they will recommend your articles to other people, especially if you're writing really good stuff. I think if you're just putting out 200 word articles that are just, you know, just mimicking what everyone else is saying, if you've got your own voice and you can stand out from the crowd, I think you can make a difference and you can get a lot of followers that way. And that's perhaps, yeah. one of, that's one of the problems with a lot of bloggers. Um, you know, they just, they don't have their own voice. They're, they're, and this, and this is particularly true when it comes to reviewing products. You know, there was I've, I've made a lot of money from reviewing products that I've criticised and said they were terrible, and yet people go through and buy them. But I think that's, <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's... it's yeah, I, I believe you. It's just it's counterintuitive, but uh, I, I, you know, people do some interesting things. Why, why did you decide to sell WP mods in 2012? Um, that was probably whereas I thought blogging tips, selling blogging tips was the right decision. Sell in hindsight, I think selling WP mods wasn't. <laughs> but um, why not? Well, this was two years ago. I sold it and. Um, one of the things I always wanted to do was travel South America. So I sold it in June and we had a, a, a planned trip to South America in September. So I wasn't sure what to do with it because, one, because internet connections in parts of South America is very bad, but also because I really didn't want to think about it. It's like when you're traveling every day, you know, you're going, moving every two days somewhere else and you're traveling all the time. I did this in the past when I was traveling and you don't really enjoy it, enjoy it as much, you know, um, because you're constantly thinking about the work. Mm-hmm. You're constantly thinking about, oh, I need to check my emails today. I need to do this today. And you don't enjoy it as much. And I kind of thought it'd be great to remove all my responsibilities and just mm-hmm. travel without um, having to worry about anything. Um, and it was, it was great. I mean, the first three or four months, I didn't, I mean, I checked my emails every week or so, but I, I didn't really do any work. I just kind of relaxed. And it's, it's, it's totally different from traveling when you know. Um, that you've and how much money was it making uh, at the time when you sold it? Um, I think when I sold it, it was making about two and a half to three thousand dollars a month. And how much were you able to get for it? I sold the website for eighty thousand dollars. Okay. Um, uh. And, yeah. and what happened? So you went to travel, and then uh, I read on your site that you relaunched KevinMuldoon.com, your personal blog, uh, and then did you start writing again uh, a lot and developing content? What What was next? What was What was your your plan? Um, yeah, well, um, my blog KevinMuldoon.com that that was something that I've had for I've had a domain name since two thousand two or something. Um, I'd always thought about doing a blog, a per- one but it's more personal, but I was devoting all my time to these other blogs, so I never really updated it. It was always like a, an afterthought, and if I had time, I would write a quick article. Um, and I thought, yeah, this could be a good time 
kind of raise my profile as well and um, focus on my own blog. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I launched that, I think, five or six months after selling WP Mods. I relaunched it, sorry. Um, what were your goals with it? Uh, was it supposed to be a money-making site? Uh, how, how did you want to monetize it? What were your plans with it? Yeah, I mean, the blog, um, is, I still update it every, well, I've got bloggers that help me too, but um, I do have a kind of long-term strategy on it, but I'm kind of, it's, it's certainly a work in progress. I've got lots of different ideas on how to profit um, from the website. Um, primarily, though, I want it to be a content website that either promotes products that I'm selling or services that I'm selling, but down the line, I would also I can also make money through it again through the uh, uh, reviews and um, banner sales, different things like that. Um, I've, I sell a couple of books on there as well, which don't actually I release those at, at the, the lowest price because it was more about raising my brand. Um, but I've got some I've been thinking about some different ways to promote it. For example, um, when I was traveling South America. Over a course of all the months, I was taking notes and I was writing a book about freelance blogging. And I was, I've been thinking about just putting out, putting out the whole book on my website for free. You know, so it could be like 20 or, 30, or probably more than that, probably about 50 pages of content on the website. And the idea is if that can generate another few hundred visitors per day, you know, it, 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 it brings more people to my website. It makes more people subscribe to my email list. And then it all kind of escalates, you know, it kind of snowballs. It's got an exp exponential effect when you, when you start reaching a certain level, when you're making a, a lot of money because you can hire other people to write for you too. Mm -hmm. um, when, it, when you're at the bottom and the, the website's still new, you, you don't really have enough funds to invest in it. Where do you find people to write for you now? Um, something, I mean, I'm planning on placing another advertisement on the pro blogger job boards. Um, another job board I've used a few times is bloggingpro.com. Mm -hmm. But frequently, if I see a writer writing for someone else, I would contact them and I would say, do you fancy writing for me? Mm -hmm. So between the, those are the, probably the two main, two main methods. I would either contact them directly or I would, I would um, go onto a job board and place an advertisement. Mm -hmm. Uh, how did you manage to get several thousands of subscribers uh, to to Kevin Muldoon so fast? Um, well, actually, over the course of a few years, I already had a few thousand RSS subscribers. Mm -hmm. um, but with the, are you talking about the email marketing um, email list or email email list? Mm -hmm. um, well, one was uh, I wrote a, a small book about blogging. I don't think it's too long, probably 50 or 60 pages. And I offer it for free on my website to anyone that signs up. Um, it's probably a little bit, not out of date per se, but I probably should offer something different because I've been offering the same gift for years. But this this is the kind of bait that a lot of email marketers use. Uh, they've got a higher conversion rate. If you can offer something to people that subscribe to your list, an ebook an e is probably the most popular one, but there's other things you can do. As well, like for example, membership to a forum if you sign up here, or access to discounts and coupons, mm -hmm. reduce prices on goods if you sign up to my newsletter. But 
I think most of the time, if, if you're writing good content, most people will want to subscribe because they don't want to miss your updates. Okay. How many visitors do you get uh, now to your to your personal blog? I think through the week I get I'm getting around a thousand visits per day through the week. Okay. And so the promotion that you do, uh, do you do a lot of promotion for the site, or is it's also again just writing good content? Yeah, it's writing good content, but I do. I mean, you mentioned earlier about um, doing promotion through guest posting. Uh huh. Now, going back a, a few years, I started doing guest uh, freelance blogging every now and then because it's a nice little way to supplement your income. Uh, but this, in, at the same token, when you write for someone else, essentially it's a guest post as well. Now, I came to the conclusion that I don't want to guest post forever now for free because it's, it's a waste of your time, really. I mean, a lot of, I'd have large websites that were making tens of thousands of dollars. And they'd say, why don't you guest post for me? We loved your article. And I'd say, okay, why don't you pay me? Oh, no, no. <laughs> we'll give you one link back to your website. And I'd be like, nah, don't think so. That doesn't pay the bills. And it gets the prize. I think over the last few years, the whole guest posting thing is cheapened. Mm-hmm. The writing almost. You know, because people think that anyone can do writing. Why should, should you pay for it? Mm-hmm. The irony being now, I mean, three, four years ago, most websites, I would, when I say that, no, I'm not... I, I don't write for free, you're going to have to pay me. There we go, whatever, we'll find someone else. But since Google has put this focus on quality content, most most people now, they pay because they realize the people that are writing for free aren't writing good content. Yeah, um, good point. Yeah. So, how, do you find these, how do you find these gigs? Well, th- that's the thing. I mean, the beauty of what I do with the freelance blogging is, well, one, I do enjoy writing. Um, I do enjoy writing for other people because it gives you a chance to reach a different audience and talk about different topics. Um, so when I write a blog, a blog post, for example, I'm right. I was writing a blog post last night for, I don't know if you know the WordPress website, WPMU dev. They've got a big collection of plugins. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was writing an article for them. So when that article was published, not only did they pay me for the article, but I also got a biography at the bottom of the article, that links to my website. So that brings me new visitors, potentially new readers, and it also brings me an extra link to my website. So from an SEO point of view, um, I'm essentially, my my act of freelancing for other people is, in essence, a big guest post um, SEO campaign to bring links back to my blog as well. And so how did you find that that job? How do you find these uh, opportunities to write for others? Well, this is the thing. I mean, see, see when people always, um, well, all these links are coming back to my website. So when I would say I've not applied for a job and uh, a writing job in about a year or two, because ninety-nine percent of all jobs, or a hundred percent now, but they all come from. Oh, I read your article on so and so on such a website. I'd love you to do the same. Um, so okay. what they come to my website, they see the picture of me, they see the services page with a list of articles that I've written, and they see the cost of paying for an article. So I've, I've got to the point now where I'm turning down work because I've published, I mean, it's, it can, again, to say, use the word exponential, but when, you, when you've published, when you write for more people and you reach a, a larger audience through either writing for more blogs or blogs with more traffic, more people find out who you are and then more people 
will contact you and then ask you for work. So it's kind of it did all kind of snowball. It, within a few months, I was I was turning down people and saying, "Listen, I don't have the time to work for you." Mm-hmm. But over time, in order to um, what I did was increase my blogging rates. So every time I did that, a few people, would, a few clients would say, "Sorry, that's too rich for me." But then I'd get a few more clients. Good, good. Yeah. So. So, uh, you know, we went a little bit long, but I still have one more question, and um, yeah, I, I do appreciate you. I do appreciate you uh, sticking uh, sticking around, and because uh, there's a lot to learn. I mean, you, you have done so much. Um, you've been making money online for years, and you know, you managed to find new things, new ways of of of, of making money. Where do you see opportunities now? Um, you mean for for new websites? Yeah, like let's say if uh, if you get bored with KevinMuldoon.com, what would be uh, the next business? Where do you see opportunities for for a new website, uh, for a new business online today, or for audience, for people that are listening? Well, obviously, I, the last it's like the last seven or eight years now, I've been focusing on blogging, so I've got a lot of ideas and different blogs and different um, ideas on how I could profit from blogs. Now, when you're when you're building a blog, you can either write all the content yourself, or you can hire someone else, or you can do a bit of both. You can hire someone and do some articles yourself. But I think if you can take a step back and then you've got the funds to hire bloggers and then look at it from a a business point of view and then see how is this website going to make money, then there's a lot. I've got a lot of different ideas on how I could do that. Um, but I think first and foremost. I think you should always focus on something that you're passionate about. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's very it's very easy to lose interest in a website when you don't care about the topic. You know, it, it's, for example, I don't watch ice hockey because, you know, I'm from Scotland. It's not big here. But if I found out you can make a lot of money through building an ice hockey blog, I still wouldn't do it because I doubt my depth. I don't, I don't have real, any real interest in it. But I am interested in lots of other things, for example, technology and gadgets and geeky things like that or football or there's so many different things that um that you can do i always find though whenever i'm researching something for another reason i get an idea for a website so for example i purchased a new car um the other month and i was looking at reviews of old classic cars and it's when you're looking at these websites you start going why is this why is there not this kind of website why does this website not say this you know, like, for example, I had an idea that if you could have a car website that listed a car, all the specifications, and then listed discussion forums that gave you information of where you could get information about those cars, that listed all the reviews, that listed pros and cons, and none of the content would truly be original. What you would do is kind of like the website Metacritic, I'm sure you're aware of that, kind of that idea where you're, you're, doing, the, you're doing the hard work for someone else. And again, mm-hmm. I think that is fundamentally how you make money on the internet. Obviously, you can make money through entertaining people, through people reading articles, but if you can solve a problem for someone, you can make money. And that's, well, that's... that's And a lot of the time, that means doing something quite boring. For example, a directory or collating a lot of information that it takes a lot of time to collate or, or writing a long, detailed review putting in 50 different screenshots about the, the, the product or the service. And you're going to, and when people, when you help someone in that way, they subscribe to your blog or they buy a product from you. 
or they, they, they want, or even if it's just a comment to say thanks, or even just to follow you on Twitter. But if you can take out, you can do the hard work and do the boring work and save them hours and hours of research, then people will visit your website and you'll get traffic. And once you get traffic, you can. there's so many different ways that you can make money. Well, Kevin, uh, I really appreciate your time today to uh, to come on Success Harbor to share your story. I'm sure our audience learns a lot from uh, from your experience. How can people find out more about you, or you know, learn more about you, or or contact you? Um, my website, kevmodun.com, is pretty much the my online hub. That you can find links to my Facebook page, my Twitter page, LinkedIn, and my blog as well. So everything's listed there, and you can and there's a contact form there if if anyone wants to get in touch. Um, I've also got a, a discussion forum called Wise Forums. Uh, it's like an internet marketing forum, so I hang out there every day as well. So if someone wants help with a website or just wants to discuss the website, that's I hang out there, and it's a good place to meet other bloggers and internet marketers. So everybody, check out uh, Kevin Muldoon, and that's K-E-V-I-N-M-U-L-D-O-O-N dot com. Kevin, thank you very much, and wish you much success uh, in the future. Hopefully, you can come back maybe in a year or so and talk about how uh, how things are going with you and your business. Sounds good, Josh. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Thank Bye, you. everybody. Bye.